Welcome to Outwit Out Play Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. Here I'm Julia. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 9, Sword of Damocles. Julia, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? My fire take this week is that Julie should have thrown the challenge, mm. preventing Bruce from winning immunity and doing the one thing that has been talked about all season, getting Bruce out of this game. It is a great idea. They did not show at any point the survivor even contemplating it. But as soon as you brought it up to me, I was like, yeah, I mean, Reba is in, in the driver's seat here. They could have afforded to throw a challenge purely for the sake of getting Bruce's idol out of the game. Absolutely. It's a missed opportunity that I don't think will come around again. I think you're right about that. My fire take is that mental math makes for a terrible survivor challenge and has no place in this game we know and love. Um, I'm just a hard no. I don't even feel it needs to be justified, frankly. (laughs) Why are we watching survivors do math problems on TV? It's not exactly the pinnacle of entertainment. Not for me. Not for me. Well, those are our fire takes, but folks, you might have noticed we have a different voice on the pod this week. Filling in for Kayla, we have the lovely Julia. Julia, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Survivor. Well, real similar to yours, I grew up watching with my family, picking apart every episode, Uh and uh, missed a couple seasons every now and then. Not quite the uh, Survivor nerd that I have sitting to my left, but... uh, following in his footsteps, perhaps. Well, nonetheless, we are delighted and honored to have you this week uh, filling in for Kayla. So thank you for making the time for this. As always, we're going to follow our format here. So coming up on the pod, we're going to break down this week's episode, gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal, and end with our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. So Julia, should we dive into this week's recap? Let's do it. All right, part one, folks. So after Tribal, Kendra is crying on the beach, mourning Kelly's departure. Jake is absolutely high on life, and Bruce learns that his number no- number one ally, Kelly, was gunning for him, and even worse, she thought he was overbearing. That put- puts Bruce in a self-described weird mind space. He doesn't want to socialize, and he plans to ask his wife and daughter if he's overbearing. He also reflects on his experience growing up in foster care, where he had to be a survivor every day. Drew offers a prescient prognosis, observing that Bruce's imaginary game is over, and he has to either withdraw entirely or accept reality. Emily pitches Drew and Austin on voting D and starts rethinking her alliance when they push back. Finally, the castaways get tree mail and have to split up into three groups. Austin gives Julie one of his idols just in case they end up splitting into separate tribes for tribal council, and everyone heads off to the immunity challenge. So Julia, I wanted to start by talking about Bruce a little bit. We've all as an audience been very aware of the degree to which he is not self-aware. And it seemed like that starts to break down in this episode. Absolutely. I I like to see a little bit more insight into who Bruce is and, you know, him calling it out. Like maybe I am missing something. Maybe I am doing something wrong. Yeah. I don't know what else you can do in that situation. I think, you know, to his credit, hopefully he sort of starts to adapt. He hasn't really needed to adapt because he's winning immunity challenges, right? So he's insulated from whatever annoyance he might be causing his tribe members, at least for now. Uh, we also have Emily testing the waters here, Jay. What did you make of that? Uh, I love to see it. I think it speaks to her strategic game. We've seen Emily grow throughout this season more than I think we've seen survivors do in the past. Um, and I, I think it was a, a really smart play. She knows to keep them maybe a little, at a little bit more of an arm's length than maybe she had hoped. But... Uh, I think it was a great a great way to test it out. Yeah, and I think I, I totally agree. Emily showed her savviness here. I think sometimes as an audience, we can forget how much more information we have access to than the castaways. It seems like not everyone is, a, is as aware as the audience is that um, Drew, Austin, Dee, and Julie are a four. 
I think they're aware of Austin and Drew as a pair. Emily, I think, thinks she has sort of a triad going, but doesn't realize the degree to which actually she's on the outside of a five-person alliance that contains the four original Reba members. Um, so Emily sort of like throws out a name and gets strong pushback and is immediately like, shoot, I might have to reevaluate. She doesn't pull that move this, this week, but I think that in the weeks ahead, we can expect it. Absolutely. I wanted to ask Julia, what is your feeling about group splitting for challenges post-merge? I mean, I guess it brings up opportunities for alliances to shift, mm -hmm. which That's is true. a nice um, addition. But I, I like an individual immunity. That's where we're at. We've hit the merge. We're yeah. supposed to be seeing people compete. Um, and I, I do feel like I'm missing a little bit of the individual um, challenge and storyline in this season. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I would say previous to the season, I felt very strongly that group splitting introduced too much an element of luck into what we should regard as sort of a mono a mono a mono battle once you've hit that post-merge game. I will say the new era sort of clearly prides itself on constantly throwing twists the survivor's way. So to the, the to the degree the which, to which the game itself has become about adapting to these twists and turns, I sort of respect it. I think it was fairly interesting also that they ended up having different consequences for losers and winners of the different um, aspects of the groups. But in terms of like a purity of the game from a contest perspective, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. For me, it's not like my favorite twist that they've introduced in the new era. I agree. I liked the challenge though. Overall, I think it was fun. Yeah. Got my attention. All right, so part two of the recap. At the immunity challenge, Jeff informs the castaways that the first place group will earn an afternoon of rotisserie chicken at the sanctuary, but the last place group will lose their votes and take a journey where they'll have the chance to earn them back. The three group groups of three compete in a balance beam ball shooting contest, and Austin, Emily, and Katura end up finishing last. Bruce, Kendra, and Julie end up securing first place and compete against one another in an endurance challenge where you hold two discs against two flat panels in a T-shaped position. Jeff mentions this challenge has never been won by a man. I've since learned that Jeff was actually wrong about that, fun fact. But after another Julie-Bruce showdown, Bruce wins his second straight immunity. Back at camp, Jake pitches himself as a free agent to Drew and Dee. They listen, but they also eat his rice and lie about it. At the sanctuary, Bruce, Kendra, and Julie eat a rotisserie chicken with their hands. Kendra speculates that Austin and Dee are in love, and the three come to an agreement to vote Jake. On the jury, Emily, on the journey, sorry, Emily, Katura, and Austin have a chance to earn their votes back by solving an equation where they have to add three plus signs and one minus sign to a string of numbers to get it to add up to 100. Katura and Emily fail. Emily is especially embarrassed given her profession, but Austin succeeds, therefore restoring his vote. So Julie, I know you had some thoughts on this challenge. You mentioned that it was a fun one. Tell us what you enjoyed about it. I think I like the the three-part challenges. I like when people are moving and shaking. There's a little bit um, more interesting things to pay attention, see how people are interacting with each other, see the dynamics between these kind of mini tribes that are developed during these challenges. I find it fascinating. I thought it was fun. Um, and who doesn't love to watch Julie fight out there every yeah, week? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't know if they've done this before. Maybe I just haven't noticed. But they actually had a commercial break mid-challenge. So it kind of speaks to the expanding scale and scope of these challenges. Question for you. Do you Would you prefer to get two challenges in a 90-minute episode or to have one 
epic challenge that is sort of like like this and having multiple stages and a lot of complexity? I think I want some of each, to be honest, if I can be that picky. I, I like a challenge that's fully for reward. Um, and we can talk about that reward a little later on. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think the layered challenges are fun. I always like to picture the people who build this and yeah. how they, you know, thought it up and took pieces from old seasons and stuff. So totally. Yeah. The engineering is always incredibly impressive. Um, all right. Well, you had you had a note in our outline here that just says sand. <laughs> so please give me some context. What did you want to talk about? When here? I was watching this challenge, I've seen a couple times Emily just throw her face in the sand like it's nothing. And it just keeps making me think if I were on Survivor, do I want to be stuck in the sand or stuck in the mud? What do you mean throw her face in the sand? Like she like just, laying out? Yeah, she the... just kind of, well, she just kind of collapses when she <laughs> won, when she uh, was at the uh, auction. She one oh, got her like food, the the floor, she falls yeah. into the sand, and yeah. it's all over her face. I personally think that that would be so frustrating yeah. throughout Survivor and almost would prefer to be covered in mud than sand. <laughs> wow. You you must develop sort of like just a sand blindness at a certain point. I think you do. I like when you are living full-time on beaches and competing in them, it just like must I, – I would hope it doesn't feel like anything because if you're constantly annoyed that there's yeah. like sand everywhere, that would be like the worst thing about Survivor. Yeah, and we never see them irritated by it. I just find it – watching it – I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel covered in sand. I do feel like they need to give us a little bit more of like the suffering that these people are 100%. experiencing. They've kind of gotten away from like, are they hungry? Are they annoyed that there's always sand in their hair? Like we need a little bit, just like quick hits now and then. So we really appreciate the fact like, hey, they're surviving on an island with no resources I right totally now. I totally agree. Uh, we, I mentioned the reward. <laughs> First of all, it was hilarious to me that Jeff pitches this reward as an afternoon of rotisserie chicken, <laughs> just like not the best tagline I've ever heard. Of course, they don't give them utensils. They're turning the food sound volume all the way up. So you're getting just like the sort of squelching of the meat. Um, but boy, when they walk up and there's just literally a rotisserie chicken on like a palm leaf, I'm like, is this enough? I thought it was a joke. Honestly, I was waiting for them to bring out the sides. Yeah. <laughs> when he said a rotisserie chicken afternoon, I didn't realize he meant literally, literally just you in the rotisserie just chicken. chicken no utensils no sides no ketchup yeah, no. no mayo nothing um yeah i i think it has to do with sort of jeff is always positioning the new era as something where you have to earn anything and you don't earn everything and you don't get rice at the beginning and it's just like more spartan and part of that is because survivor has been shortened so they're not actually having to survive for as long as they used to but to me it's like don't get stingy with the rewards as a consequence of that like when someone has won a reward it should be really meaningful now i do think every all three of those people have a big boost and a, and a leg up on some of the other contestants chicken is very nutritious and protein dense <laughs> but like it's a TV show. Like, I want to see them having, like, an ice cream sundae. Like, you know, like... Yeah, I no. want them, like, getting stuff on their face. Like, just, like, don't don't be Spartan with the rewards at the cost of the audience's entertainment. 100% agree. There's nothing sexy or exciting about a chicken on a table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I also wanted to mention rice ethics here. This is all... There's always a moment in a season of Survivor where someone is upset about rice or being deceptive with the rice. And Dee and Drew kind of turn on, like, engage villain mode a little bit here when they, like... Eat way more rice than their share, lie to Jake and say a lot of the rice was burnt, so they had to throw it out. And Jake, who's already kind of like sucking up to them because he wants to be a free agent on their team, is sort of like, ah, no worries, mate, you know, whatever. Um, but <laughs> Good like, accent. Yeah, thank you. I, I can work on it a little bit. I'll workshop that. But yeah, the the rice ethics, we, I had to shout out the fact that we got a little rice, rice moments here. Um, let's talk about journeys. I mentioned that I'm not a big fan of this one in terms of the mental math being the sort of mechanism by which you earned your vote back. I do, however, like that they deprived someone of their vote and still gave them a route to earning it back. Otherwise, I think it would have been too strong a penalty 
for finishing last in a challenge where you didn't even get to choose your teams. I agree. I do think that in this particular case, the journey didn't make tribal or yeah. camp any more exciting, for, at least from a viewer's perspective. It felt very simple um, throughout the episode. And I don't know, I'm starting to feel like maybe these journeys are kind of trying to fill that 90-minute slot that they have now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, effectively, they're sort of like mini challenges that we're getting. I have to say, I think I preferred them pre-merge where you had people from, from different tribes who couldn't communicate any other way talking. Um, but post-merge, I find that they're a little bit less interesting. And this one especially, I do feel like yeah, kind of was filling. I agree. I also have to say, like, it's not inevitable that every twist makes the game more interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so in this case, we end the consequence of the journey ended up being that there were seven votes in play instead of nine. Seven and nine are always both interesting numbers because you have typically one swing vote who can determine the sort of whether it's 5-4 or 4-3. We jumped ahead to this being a seven-person vote. I think it's kind of it was it's kind of worst case scenario that for the interest of the episode that Austin was the only one to win his vote because it meant that the Reba Four had a majority of the votes in play and as an audience at least maybe not as someone on the island it's so clear to us that Reba at this point is kind of running the game that this handed them a majority before the point in the game which you would have expected them to have one and so that's why I think that the rest of this episode was kind of meh is because Reba was just like so clearly in the pole position. I agree, and I, I do think that if we didn't have this journey, things would have been a lot more interesting at Tribal. I agree. All right, last leg of the recap. At Dakawaka, everyone reunites. Emily, Katura, and Austin all say they failed to earn back their votes, but Austin comes clean to his alliance. He does, in fact, have his vote still. That means Tribal Council will have seven votes in play, giving the Reba Four a majority. And there are two names at risk, Jake and Kendra. Julie wants Jake out, having already convinced Bruce and Kendra. And Dee is pushing for Kendra, given that she voted for her in the previous Tribal. Emily, meanwhile, is hard at work lobbying for Jake. At Tribal Council, we relive last week's result, which Jeff, Jeff describes as one of the more shocking Tribals he's seen. We get a lot of whispered asides from Caleb and Kelly, and based on body language alone, Kelly still seems pretty upset. Bruce describes the heavy burden of victory, fearing that he's put a target on his back, and that's what inspires Drew's analogy to the Sword of Damocles, the title of the episode. In a foreboding sign of her game awareness, Kendra realizes live at Tribal that people could be lying about not having their votes. In the voting booth, Austin quickly scribbles his vote down so everyone will think he didn't vote at all, and then Jeff reads the votes. Kendra votes for Jake, but everyone else votes for Kendra, and Jeff snuffs her torch. Julia, were you sad to see Kendra leave the game at this juncture? I mean, she's a fun person to watch. She brings a lot of energy to the to the camp and to the tribe, so I think her energy will be missed, but to be honest, I didn't see her going much further. Yeah, I agree. I think it's ultimately good for Survivor to have personalities like her, like a little bit more on the zany side. She clearly was not in the sort of strategic mindset that a lot of her co-contestants were. Like the fact that Je she realizes live at Tribal that like people could be lying about yeah. not, not having earned their votes back. Like it, it was very sincere. Like truly that was a revelation to her. And the fact that she did that in front of the jury to me, like even if she had somehow been brought to the end, like it was a dead giveaway that she was like not there to play the hundred percent. But her commentary will definitely be missed. Absolutely. I think she was a great element uh, of this cast. Um, 
one question for you about I mentioned how like Kelly and Caleb are having their little asides a lot of this. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about like jury whispered banter at tribal council? I love jury whispered banter. I do feel this one I kind of had like this secondhand discomfort watching Kelly. It was almost like she was um I don't know, watching a car accident. Like she didn't want to look away, but she had to watch. I don't know. She yeah. was putting her hands in her face and it was She's clearly really hurt. Yeah. Um, we saw that last week, and it's continuing on to, into this week. Yeah, she was very emotive. And if I know Caleb, I feel like at Ponderosa, Caleb has probably been, like, a very valuable therapist to her. He's I just agree. He's very good at making people feel seen. Um, yes. You wanted to talk a little bit about D and yes. in relationship to this episode. I think that I've seen this with D before. I think she's admitted it. I personally don't love this um, on, on the tribe, but... It feels like she's voting with revenge more than strategy. Oh. Um, I think she did it with Caleb. Uh-huh. And I think she did it again tonight. Um, it, it just, it feels like just she just wants to get back at people for putting her, their, her name down. And it's part of the game. She knows she's a threat. I think you have to own that you are one and see how you can work around that with the people in your alliance. Yeah, I agree. It does feel a little bit more emotionally driven with D. Um, I will say that, it reminds me of Jam Jam last season, the eventual winner, the eventual sole survivor, because he made a big thing about how every time someone wrote his name down, he voted them out. So I can respect a strategic element when you're like, I'm just taking out threats one by one. I have to say, though, with D, it's like the people that she's voting out aren't necessarily threats to win the game. Um, Caleb definitely was a threat, but it was so clear that no one was going to allow him to make it to the end. It's a question of whether you needed to vote him out that early. Um, Kendra, I mean, this is such a... Jake mentioned last week, like, when he thought it was, the target was on him, the sort of phenomenon of dog dogpiling on the person at the bottom. In this case, again, it feels like everyone agreed to take out a threat who no one was ultimately worried about they would losing to at the very end. It was more, I think this was a Reba trying to consolidate their power episode more than it was, let's take out a big threat. Right, and I think that Dee may run into the situation if she gets much further that the jury won't be on her side because she was voting people out with so much vengeance and so much anger more than this is the best thing for my alliance, this is the best thing for me, and this will get me to the end. Yeah, could be, could be. Okay, what did you want to say about Bruce? I couldn't help but root for Bruce a little bit more this episode, yeah. which I would not have said last week. I loved him calling out Jeff. I want more of that. Yeah. Um, and what did he say to Jeff? He said, "Look at Jeff as he oh, crossed yeah, his yeah. legs." And I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wish they interacted with him a bit more. Yep. Um, I think that we're gonna see Bruce the rest of this season. He's surviving. He's yeah. gonna win. If he wins, he's gonna win by idols. Um. And he's going to vote with majorities. He's going to be a vote for people that need him. Uh, and I, I think that's that's what he's fallen into. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get a lot of idol plays over the next few tribal councils, right? And Definitely. Austin and Bruce both having idols, they're both also threats to win challenges, right? So if they're in a position where they can win one or two immunity challenges down the stretch, then they might have between their idols sort of safety at like almost every tribal council that they have to face. I am interested... We saw um, Austin give his idol to Julie in preparation for a potential tribal council split like they've done before. I assume she gave it back. Like, right. they, they seem very democratic on Reba with agreeing that these are idols for the tribe. They are. I think it's a very new tribe d- dynamic that we haven't seen often in Survivor. There just seems to be a lot of trust. I think Diaz maybe stirred the pot this week uh-huh. or ne- for next week, but... 
it's very interesting. There's a lot of trust. Yeah. Austin trusts very easily. Yeah. Who knows if it'll come back and bite him in the butt. But right now, it's, I think, working in his favor. And I think Bruce is in a position where he's going to search for hidden immunity idols out in the open. He doesn't have to hide it. Everyone knows he's you know yeah. at the bottom. He knows he's at the bottom. And he's just going to claw his way to the finish line, I think. Yeah, I think you could be right about that. Yeah, I think it, it is interesting to see Reba being so democratic. However, they have not been put in a position yet where they actually have to follow through and play an idol. So we'll see if it's all talk or if Austin eventually puts the action to those words. I do want to mention real quick, the title of this episode is Sword of Damocles, uh, and that's an analogy Drew makes to the immunity necklace after Bruce describes the victory as putting a target on his back. So, fun fact, I looked this up on Wikipedia. I did not know what this was beforehand. The Sword of Damocles refers to a Greek myth where someone basically really wanted to be king for a day. And the king was like, sure, be a king. And they're luxuriating and they have their throne room and all their jewelry and niceties. But they also have a sword hanging above their head that is suspended by a single horsehair. And it's basically supposed to serve as a reminder that with power comes the heavy weight of responsibility and the fact that like a lot of people are out to get you. So the crown, the head that wears the crown never rests easy is basically the moral of that story. And Drew basically compares that to the idol and Bruce's concern that by winning, he's actually in a powerful position, but at the same time exposing himself to more threats. I thought like, Jeff should have asked Drew to explain that or something because they just <laughs> like say it. Agreed. Uh, but Went it, over my head. <laughs> yeah, but it is a badass name for an episode. It is very else. cool. It is very cool. All right, Julia. Well, it is time to gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a survivor subject of some controversy. Julia, what's on the docket this week? On the docket, should juries weigh immunity challenge victories as much as strategic moves? And what's your thought on this, Julia? I bring it up because Bruce strikes me as someone who's not really making a lot of strategic moves, but now has an impressive resume of two immunity idol victories. I think it all counts. I really don't think you can take it away. You can't make a Survivor game just about strategy, or they might as well just take away the challenges. Mm. It's fun to watch. We don't see always the most athletic people winning them. It's not always the same. I mean, we've seen Cochran win like last minute immunity yeah. challenges and it's exciting. I think it's important to to keep in mind. And honestly, I, I really think more credit to Bruce if he can pull it off and get all the way with just that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the question here was posed is like, you know, should they count as much? And I definitely agree that you're right that they should count for something. At the same time, I do feel like this new era of Survivor, it is a strategic era. And some people don't like that, right? Some people wish the game was more physical, more about survival. I'm someone who's okay with it turning into a little bit more of like, you know, chess. And as important as an immunity challenge win is, to me, it's so much more impressive than so much more impressive than the sort of feats of endurance they put out is the degree to which they effectively earn immunity by forming great relationships with other people in the tribe, right? You can insulate yourself from the votes every week if you're doing the very hard work of having good relationships with everyone, managing your threat level, and just like the amount of time between tribe time and just living at camp that you're spending on that aspect of the game versus sort of the short bursts where you're spending competing in challenges. To me, as a jury member myself, I would definitely reward people's social game more than their physical. But hey, that's me. Everybody's different. Perhaps. And maybe people need to be more strategic about 
the actual challenges themselves. As you mentioned with Julie. I think I think it would have been a great move. I think we would have gotten an awesome episode if yeah, Julie had thrown that. I really like that call. All right. Well, now it is time for our favorite segment, folks, Survivors on the Move. So, Julia, tell me, whose stock is rising for you this week? I have to say it's, it's Emily. It's been Emily. I was very quick at the start of the season to be anti-Emily, get her out of here. But she is just steady in rising and... I really want to see her go all the way. I think it would be incredible. I think she's strategic. I think she's thoughtful. And she's, you know, catering to these relationships in a way that she really needed to. Yeah, it would be a really good story. I think my hope is that she is becoming aware that she is on the outs of this Reba 4 and will sort of make moves this next episode because I think her window of time is is closing quick. Um, I'm going to mention another person who I will say the fan was among the most hated after the first episode, uh, and that's Drew. Drew and Emily were not at the top of anyone's list when we started this season. Uh, Drew, I think, is proving himself quite likable. I feel like people are chuckling at his little jokes at Tribal Council. He also strikes me as sort of the power behind the power in the Reba 4. I think Austin and Dee are going to be perceived as threats before Drew. And I don't know if they'll have the runway to make it all the way to the end. But Drew has a, as, as good or better a strategic resume as they do. And I think will be sort of third on the chopping block, which might insulate him in the next couple of votes. I agree. I think he came in guns blazing, but he's becoming much more insightful. And I did think it was a little ironic. He came he came after uh, Bruce talking about his ego when he came into the yeah. game, saying that he was the smartest guy. But I think he's dialed it back and he's actually becoming quite likable. Good call. Yeah, totally agree. All right, Julia, whose stock was moving down for you this week? I have a hopeful down okay. uh, with Julie. I think she's letting D run her. I really do. She's good at challenges. Yeah. She's in a strong alliance and she wasn't speaking up this week mm-hmm. when she could have done some damage. I think next week if she tries to orchestrate a blind side, it yeah. could be great. But I'm not sure she's going to she's gonna do it, and I would really love to see it. Yeah, no, that's a great call. I mean, this week we saw Julie say, both say, I would never vote D out when Kendra brought up her name, and also argue with D about voting out Jake instead of Kendra, who ended up going home. So I hope Julie kind of awakens to the fact that she is not driving these votes, and she needs to build a resume fast. Uh, moving down for me this week is Jake. <laughs> I know it feels like he can't fall any lower, but now I feel like it's become a talking point how bad he is at the game. And it's like, dude, you're still talking in front of the jury. Like, pitch yourself yeah. at least a little. He's like, he keeps saying, like, going out of his way to say, I've made a lot of mistakes. I haven't formed great relationships. And it's like, okay, <laughs> He's well. He's like, don't vote for me. Don't vote yeah, for me. exactly. Eventually, you're going to have to pitch yourself for the million dollars if you make it that far. And I do think Jake is someone who will be perceived as, like, a, I can take him to the end and beat him to the I, I really do think he he's coming across as a bit of a pawn and, yeah. and maybe a little bit of a lost puppy. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, all right, folks. Well, I want to quickly give everyone an update on how the Kayla versus Isaac prediction rankings challenge is going. So uh, this week we had Kendra go home. I don't need to remind you that Kendra was actually Kayla's pick to win the whole game. So back to back, your host's number one picks have been voted off the island. So there goes, uh, you know, that just shows what we know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything about how this game is going to shake up because Survivor is such an unpredictable social experiment. This week, I did earn a single point for being too off and where I predicted Kendra would fall. I had a 
going out uh, in seventh place, um, which means that the total standings are Kayla with six points, myself with four points. So it's tight. Kayla has a bit of a lead, but again, we've both lost our number one ranked soul survivors. Um, well, folks, that is going to be all from us this week. Thanks for tuning in. And Julia, thanks for joining us on this special episode of the pod. That was a blast. I hope to be back soon. I'm glad you had fun. That's what we care about here. So folks, if you want to chime in and be almost like a pseudo co-host by having us read your fire takes on air, shoot us an email at witoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then... The tribe has spoken, and so have we.